0: Oh yeah, I have one that actually is just kind of a classic question. I love classic questions, but it's one that like is it
1: like Herodotus or Thucydides who would win an arm fight in a arm wrestling? Very intelligent of you, Mm. but here's I think it's just the pronunciation that impressed you. Thucydides,
0: Thucydides, Herodotus. You're like a Greek scholar. Here's my question for you, Stephen. What is the number? And I'm sure you've done some research on this. So the number being the people always say, what's, what's your number? But I think just in general, what's the number for people, if they want to just quit their job and whatever, not everybody wants to quit their job, by the way, when they have the number, but what would be the number in general, not New York city, but in general, across 300 million Americans, what do you think would be the number to quit your job and watch TV for the rest of your life?
1: So, I think I remember years and years ago, I think it was Michael Lewis that wrote a piece about this for the New York Times Magazine, where I worked and occasionally edited Michael Lewis, but I can't remember the piece. You and I were talking earlier. There was a book about
0: this, too, called The Number. Who wrote that? I don't know. I
1: think, uh, not Michael Lewis, though. Um, But I do remember at the time when that came out, when I first read about it, um, I had never thought about it because I had, you know, I was barely paying my bills, so I, I wasn't thinking about like what number do you hit at which point you don't have to work anymore and can live how you want. And then I remember the pe- the kind of people who talked about the number were the kind of people who needed a really big number, so they would typically say somewhere between like ten and hundred million dollars. And I thought, are you nuts? Because that's not how most people think of the world. So let's say you're. Forty years old, and you have ten million dollars. Is that really the bottom that you would need to get my So, okay, so let's look. That's ludicrous. You think that's ludicrously high? Yeah, I'll tell you why. Just the yeah. Well, I'm glad you agree. It's high because back when you were looking at the number, what was the number you were looking at? Wasn't a hundred million dollars?
0: Well, yeah. So, so I was mentally ill, right? So I had I had sold my first business and i had a lot of money i had enough at the time to live the rest of my life i'm 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 not bragging when i say this cuz i then lost every single dime of it but i was crazy i thought okay this is good but now i need 100 million <laughs> to survive well that was and also that was because just crazy.
1: that was also because and, and i think this is and part achi- of the, achieving that by the way or trying to achieve that is what caused me to go totally broke but i think you are inadvertently making the point i'm i tried and failed to make which was that once you get to thinking that way, you also tend, I don't know if you tend to, but I know in, in your case, as you've described it to me in the past, you started to hang out with a kind of person for whom the number was a lot higher. And so, yeah. see, this is the thing. I Actually, w-
0: that's right. You were there. You were there then. You were like uncovering the story. I probably
1: contributed to your downfall. Maybe. End scene. No. Um oh look at you. You're taking off your outer shirt and you're wearing an Atari t-shirt. Hey, Atari is a great was a great company.
0: Nolan Bush and Elf. They were a great company. Steve Jobs, Steve Wozniak. Pardon me? They worked there. They created Breakout. Is
1: that true? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Yeah. You
0: didn't know that? No, Breakout I didn't. was the classic the classic game from Atari.
1: And I thought I read that Steve Jobs book by Walter Isaacson.
0: Yeah, no, and in, in that book they discuss how Steve Jobs, I forget the exact details, he charged $1000 and he paid like Steve
1: Wozniak $100. Didn't I tell you I had a bad memory earlier before we started taping today? I talked about how incredibly bad my memory is. So I can read an entire book about somebody and not remember some very basic facts about that person. That's
0: interesting because that's that's, that's kind of like a famous Steve Wozniak Steve Jobs like interaction. Atari was based where? California, Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. And what is Atari now? Atari doesn't exist now.
1: Really, not even making diapers or pen, no pencils. I, I mean,
0: for a while, actually, I was when I worked at HBO. HBO owned part of Atari, and we were trying to figure out what to do with the remaining assets, but there was just nothing,
1: mm. nothing to do. All right, how did we get here? What are we talking about? So, what is the Bad number? Bad memory. Oh, the number. What is the number? All right. So here's the way I would think about it first of all, I think that there is no number because for everybody, it's a different number. And it's not just about whether you live in New York or whether you live in Nebraska where the cost of living is substantially different or Panama or wherever, right? It's also about what kind of life you want to have. So I feel like if you ask someone, what is the number? You have to say like, what is your number? So for me, if you ask me, what is my number? I look from the other end, which is how much money do I need a year, right? That's what I would look at. So then I would look at, do I own my home? Or am I renting? In other words, what, what are my costs? What's my basic cost of living? So let's say I need to have a roof over my head. What's that going to cost me? Then I multiply that by 12. Then by how many years I'm thinking of living? And then I think about what I want to do. So do I want to basically live a nice little close-to-home existence where my joys and happinesses and passions come from the little things, like going for a walk and watching some sports on TV and maybe going to my church and synagogue with my family and friends and maybe playing some bingo, blah, blah, you know, blah, blah. And that's all pretty cheap. All those things would contribute to how I come up with my number. On the other hand, if I want to... Do things like travel a lot and go see expensive things like live arts events and blah, 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 the kind of things that happen a lot in New York City where I live, then your number gets really, really, really big. So I would say for the average person like me, meaning living in New York with kids and expensive, expensive, expensive everywhere you look at, I'm guessing the number, let's say you're retiring in the neighborhood of 55? 50? I don't know. Again, that's a huge, huge factor. The number at 40 is totally different than the number would be at 70, obviously. So let's just make up a mythical guy like me, kids, let's say, going off to college. I own a home. I live in New York City. It's going to be pretty expensive for the rest of my life, and I hope to live a long time, and I've got a spouse or partner. Yeah, I'm going to say that number is about 10 million. That's what I would put. If I have a very different life, if I live like where I grew up in upstate New York, Dwaynesburg, New York, in the corner of Schenectady County, right near Schoharie, and I own a home. Schoharie? Schoharie. S-C-H-O-H-A-R-I-E. God, I'd hate to live there. Well, I'm, it's good you don't then. I'm guessing there, my number might be more like uh, $1 million, maybe one and a half, two million $2 million. I think, so
0: again, we made some assumptions. The assumption is, just sitting around the house watching TV and quitting your job, as opposed to kind of like working on alternative sources of income. Oh, I wasn't even thinking about
1: doing anything that earned. I was just thinking about the numbers so that you've got nothing coming in.
0: I specifically even laid the groundwork that you're just going to like watch TV. But I also am laying the groundwork that you don't really want anything else. You're not going to be flying in private jets to, you know, big parties or whatever, uh, or collecting art or doing, doing other things. And I think you're right. I think actually realistically, a million to a million and a half is is more correct living outside of new york city and focusing on keeping expenses way down you know because then you could live off the interest and you're having a normal salary for that area plus you could deplete a little bit you know if you have 40 years to deplete and you end up with zero it's not so bad either you can't take it with you so i think if all you want to do is nothing like then base is somewhere between 1 to 2 but most people want to do something so then your number goes actually gets much less. So even if you make a little bit of money, that goes a long way outside of, you know, in most of the country. So again, I, I think uh, I think you could even bring that number down to less than a million.
1: Take a moment to listen to this message while we figure out where this answer is headed. Today's sponsor of Question of the Day is
0: Casper Mattresses obsessively engineered American-made mattresses at a shockingly fair price. And now you can get $50 towards any mattress purchase by going to casper.com question and using the code question at checkout. Listen, I'm a big advocate of sleeping eight hours a day. That's one third of your life. Let's make sure you're doing it on a good mattress because this is critically important to rejuvenating your brain, to living a healthy lifestyle, to being successful. Casper brings together two comfy technologies for better nights and brighter days. Latex foam and memory foam. So they've got just the right sink, just the right bounce, no matter how you sleep. Casper has a risk-free trial and return policy. They'll deliver it straight to you so you can sleep on it for 100 days, and if you're not happy, they'll pick it back up. At a typical mattress store, you only get a few minutes to try out a mattress. With Casper, you'll actually get to sleep on it. Prices are $500 for a twin size mattress and $950 for a king size mattress. Comparing that to industry averages for this level of quality, that's an outstanding price point. So get $50 toward any mattress purchase by going to casper.com question and using the code question at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. I think the best thing to exceed all your expectations is to have as little expectation as possible. And so
1: working on that... and What do you prepara- mean by that, have as little expectation So possibly. not
0: having the expectation like, oh, I'm going to live in a big mansion or oh, I'm going to start like buying big cars right, me, or collecting ask, art.
1: Let me ask you this question. Which error do you think is more common? People fearing they're going to run out of money and therefore work too long or do too many things or deprive themselves of too many things... So that they don't, or the other way around. What's the other way around? People fearing they're going to have too much. No, um, people. People wanting to have too much. People uh, not worrying about it so much and actually running out. Do you think people generally, when it comes to this, are overcautious or undercautious? Is what I'm asking.
0: I don't know the answer, but I know for myself. Um, for a good 20 years of my life, I was constantly terrified of running out of money, and I, of course being terrified so much of running out of money. I totally went broke, lost homes, lost, you know, everything twice. You
1: you use the word being in there as though it's It's causative somehow. You're saying that because you were worried about it is what led you to do the things that made you lose it all?
0: Yeah, I think I started making too many anxious money decisions Uh and that would cause me, like I would try to aim for more. I would try to push the envelope as you described in another episode. Push the
1: outside of the envelope.
0: Push the outside of the envelope. And I think when you do that, as opposed to being calm and just kind of pursuing your interests and figuring out how to monetize them and, and having multiple sources of income and so on, I think when you kind of take your eye off the ball of how to achieve uh, money as and you start to go beyond that and and start making a, uh, decisions out of anxiety,
1: then you have a greater opportunity to lose So that's interesting. so I as long as I've known you, and I knew the story of your having made a lot of money then lost you know all of it and then some, really, right? I mean, you you really ended up kind of at oh, yeah. almost below zero. And then you but then you made it back and lost some. and I, and I have known some other people. In different settings, who have done that. But I never thought about it in the in the sense that you just described it, which was your decisions were not just um, you trying to amass a bigger number. Your decisions were based on an anxiety that the number you had wasn't enough, that it wasn't kind of a sport that got out of hand. It was really your pursuit of what you thought was an attainable and necessary goal. Right, so I think part of the skill of keeping
0: money, not part of the skill of making money, but part of the skill of keeping money is internally working on yourself so you don't make decisions out of panic or anxiety. And that
1: internal decision-making takes work. You know, that's really interesting and I hate, it reminds me of something that's very banal and minor and trite, but I'm going to say it anyway, which is golf or other sports too, but golf is one especially where when you feel that you're kind of behind or there's a certain kind of pressure like I really need to accomplish you, you this choke. now. Your muscles it, tense. Yeah. Well, and in golf and again in other sports, you know, the more I learn about the the mechanics of golf, which not that I know so much now, but I'm learning a little bit, You know, the more I see that um, it's a fairly complicated move, the golf swing, as simple as it looks, just a lot of good things have to happen along the way. And one or two pretty bad things along the way can really cancel out a lot of the good things. And one bad thing that can very, very easily happen and does happen to a lot of people, even if you know how to swing well, and that's not counting all the people who don't, is if your muscles get tight. the the instrument, the body, just literally can't execute what it's supposed to do when the muscles are tight because it is a loose muscle move. And so when I think about that, I think that's why the mind is the greatest enemy because it's the mind that will make the muscles tight. And then once the muscles are tight, it's very hard to execute.
0: The same metaphor in sports applies to uh, most life situations, think about when you're first dating a man or a woman, uh, you can choke by being too anxious about what's happening. And so suddenly, like, it's like your mental muscles get anxious and everybody can recognize that. And it's the same thing with money. If you, you know, think, you, you know Warren Buffett's Two Rules of Investing? Number one, call James Altucher. See what he thinks of it. <laughs> no, uh, unfortunately, that hasn't happened yet, and nor will he take my calls. And believe me, I've tried. But uh, <laughs> no, rule number one is don't lose money. Rule number two is don't forget rule number one.
1: So, James, it's all well and good for us to say, you know, hey, dummy, don't choke or don't panic or get anxious and make decisions that will, you know, you'll regret. But how I, do I, you not i
0: think you focus on other things other than money that are important for well-being and we, we actually have this conversation on the way here you focus on um getting good at the things you love doing you focus on your friends and you focus on how to each day you slightly improve your sense of the freedom you have in life and i think that just naturally creates a sense or feeling of abundance not that you're not not some law of attraction like wishy-washy sense of it just lets you feel like you're meeting your expectations and maybe even exceeding them. And that will create a feeling of less anxiety about money, which will make it easier for you to make it, keep it, grow it.
1: But you know what I really want to know is this, if we were to take, let's say 100 people who are really, really excellent at a given thing that is physical and mental, so it might be playing piano, it might be playing golf, some kind of performance, it's physical and mental, right? and we took 100 people who performed, 100, let's say, observationally equivalent people in terms of the skill level, I'm guessing that there's a huge variance across those 100 in terms of how tight they get when there's pressure. And so when we see people at the peak of performance, whether it's in a concert hall or a golf course or a political debate, whatever, we're seeing the people who happen to be not only skillful at it, but also don't get tight and perform well. But that's a practice, right? Well, that's what I'm— Take a
0: look at, like, Chris Rock when he's building up a one-hour comedy special. He starts at the uh, New Brunswick Laugh Factory, and he's reading just off of napkins, like, jokes. And he notices, he writes down, he notices when people laugh. And just, bam, he starts building up in a very safe environment— a one-hour special that will, a year later, appear on HBO. So that's a high-stakes thing that he starts preparing in a low-stakes environment. Fine, but
1: we're looking at someone who we already know is really good at performing in the high-stakes environment. But that's how he gets that way. Yeah, maybe. He practices in low-stakes environments. Maybe, but you could also be that there are a lot of people who do really well in low-stakes environment, and then you put them in the high-stakes environment, and they totally crumble. See, I don't think we know the answer to that. I don't think we know... I've read a lot about this, none of which is very convincing... But I don't think we really know what is the difference or what accounts for someone who's capable of doing something really well under pressure, whether it's managing money, playing a sport, doing comedy, playing music, whatever, and someone who's capable of doing it under pressure but is not able to execute. I don't think we really know how to get there, how to solve that problem.
0: We may not know, but I think better to err on the side of practicing in low stakes environments than not doing any practice at all. Classic example, Mikhail Botvinnik, world chess champion in the 1940s, he would practice playing chess games with his opponent smoking in his face, just so he would get used to, like, playing in the most difficult environments, but in a low-stakes setting that is before classic, his high stakes.
1: That is the classic. I was going to bring him up <laughs> if you hadn't, so thanks.
0: Don't forget to subscribe to Question of the Day on iTunes. While you're there, take a second to rate the show or write a review. And be sure to catch the next question of the day, which will go
1: something like this. So happy and proud and excited to have with us in the booth today, drumroll please, can you do a drumroll? Tim Ferriss. Hey, Tim. Hi, gents. What's the one piece of advice you wish you had before you became parents? So, I'd love for the three of us two with teenagers, one with no kids, but you indicated that you want to have a kid if only to pass on the goddamn comic book collection. (laughs) What do you fear? What are you excited about? What do you think is true, etc.? Question of the Day is produced and mixed by Nathan Rossborough with Allison Hockenberry.